0: Welcome to Otako American. This is Mikey Fresh here. I'm in today's installment of uh, Taco American. We have we have Jerome Warford of Nowhere Man from um, publishing company Forward Comics. Enjoy.
1: Uh, so how are you been doing? It's been kind of a mad dash trying to get uh, ready for. Um, the Brooklyn Book Festival, which happens this weekend And uh, trying to get my, my head wrapped around New York Comic Con Which is in about, roughly, I guess, about a month Yeah. So, lots of running around But uh, all in all, I mean, it's going, it's going alright Oh, that's great uh, I just have a few questions in regards to
0: uh, you and the books and everything that you've been writing uh, Sure The first one is, how did you get started in the industry?
1: Um, well, uh, I guess I took the long route uh, compared to some of my peers. I started working in advertising roughly around, uh, I want to say, 90, 98. Mm-hmm. And um, during that time, I had an interest in, in going into illustration and maybe comics. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to take the safe route. <laughs> so I yeah. l- relied mostly on my, um, my interest in uh, web development and learning how to do web programming. So I pursued that for a while, and it was good timing because I was able to um, establish a, a pretty decent career uh, during the early stages of um, web design and web programming. So um, that was pretty cool, but uh, my, my heart really was in illustration and comics because that was really my dream heading into college. Um, So basically after being in advertising for a while, I realized that, you know, my heart really was in comics. Mm -hmm. And so right around 2004, I started to look at some scripts that I was working on just for fun. And uh, realizing that, you know, um, that there might be something there. And after showing it to some friends and maybe just kind of thinking through what I really wanted to do, um, funny enough, the recession that we had in 08 gave me a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah, did jump, oh. jump ship. Gave me a lot of free time. Yeah. To, uh, you know, get back into where my heart really was. And so I started working on Nowhere Man, just scripting it and, and fine tuning it and trying to come up with a really good story. And I uh, started putting it out there as a web comic. You know, I got into it when um, I, I didn't even really know that web comics was a thing. You know, yeah. thought, oh, I'll just build a website because I have that background in web programming, put some pages up there, get some feedback. And I, I kind of just fell into this uh, this uh, whole new space where people were you know, putting their stuff online regularly and actually making a living out of it. Yeah. Uh, but it just kind of gave me an opportunity to just kind of show my work out there, not really make, necessarily make a living out of it, but um, to kind of really see if I had the, 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 uh, the skill sets to transition into doing comics. And so from there it just you know just sucked me right in and then before i knew it i was working on nowhere man uh, probably probably about half a day uh on on a daily basis i was working on the project and uh eventually decided to go the indie route to get the story out there
0: yeah that's cool uh how about you said you were always interested in comics and things of that nature so what were some of your earlier uh influences
1: yeah, some of my earlier influences uh were some of the really early runs on X Men, mm-hmm. uh Spider Man. I remember when Tom uh Tom Fowling got uh into doing Spider Man and I mean that was really eye opening to just see just that beautiful dynamic artwork and of course Jim Lee's work as well. Yes. Um, Just really fantastic stuff. So you know, I I was seeing that stuff going before heading into college. You know, uh, during high school, so looking at that and really getting interested in comics again and seeing how you know beautiful and exciting it could be. Uh, So those influences always stayed with me. But uh, you know, as I start to think about um, comics in general and just taking a really big big look at the uh, the immense amount of great work out there. You know i started getting uh you know introduced to the work of uh Mobius and uh Brian Boland and uh uh dave gibbons and some some just real uh masters of the craft masters mm-hmm. of you know, of the industry from an art standpoint so you know I've drawn influences from a lot of different places and uh, i think over the years uh my style started to gel a little bit better and i start to have a i'm starting to have a better idea of what what it is I want to see uh, for myself as, as as far as the art side goes.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, so, in regards to nowhere man, where was? Because I read the first uh, two chapters within your uh, volume, the first volume. Yeah. And where was? Like, what inspired you to come up with Jack McGuire?
1: Um, yeah, um, the character of Jack McGuire is loosely based on a series I started in high school. You know, I I, I drew comics just for fun, you know, for a long time. And even up till before I went to college, I had a couple of ideas that I thought would be interesting, Um, you know, kind of a different take than I'd seen in the industry. But, you know, it was still really rough, you know, still, you know, just stuff that didn't necessarily have the polish as as far as uh, understanding the the craft of writing for comics or or just writing uh, fiction in general. Uh, so, but the idea was basically there. And so over time, I came back to it and began to really study, you know, uh, the, the techniques that go into good writing, just good story writing, and of course, um, good story writing for comics. And so I kind of uh, resurrected this idea that I had for this character um, that I had back in high school and just started to put him into different situations to see how he would react. You know, I just kind of just begin yeah. to think through and begin to script what would happen? How would he react to being in a certain situation? And one of those situations was, um, I, I sort of always had a sense that this character was interesting, but he, there was a gap. There was something that didn't make him quite human or relatable. You know, I knew a lot about him, how he would react to certain situations, but I didn't really understand how could me personally and also how could an audience really connect with him and then um, on one of those exercises I just I kind of figured you know what would happen if his father died on 9-11 you know what how would that impact him personally yeah. and that's really where that became sort of like the uh, the proto concept for for Nowhere Man and, and out of that scenario seeing how he kind of would respond to that you know how you kind of internalized that that emotional trauma and how it would impact him as a person and how it would drive and motivate him to uh, to reshape his life kind of became the beginning stages of crafting this saga um, that I eventually named Nowhere Man. So
0: uh, other than, uh, is Nowhere Man the only project you're working on currently or are there other projects you're also working on?
1: There, there are quite a few projects in, and I seem to be catching myself um, doing a lot more <laughs> than than, uh, than time allows. Um, so at the time I was putting uh, some stuff online, you know I was looking at No Man as being this really big epic project
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and, and so there were some other smaller projects that I had in mind as well. One of those was a, a short story um, called Freeing Violet and it's basically um, a short that follows this uh, teenage girl who uh is in high school probably out in california um that has these really strange abilities um and um you know without giving too much away you know it's a bit basically a supernatural horror comedy uh kind of story and so um i started putting that online at the same time as putting out Nora man and it got really great responses initially actually and uh that story is also now available on Comixology and got some great ratings there, too. So I'd love to go back to that at some point. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's again, it's a mixture of horror, um, comedy, and romance, possibly. Um, and so so that, that's that been out for a little while. In addition to that, over the last couple of years, I've begun to really just kind of uh, crank out a lot more material. So um, this year, I, I launched... Um, a new title, which is on an all-ages um, comic series that's based in a steampunk um, alternate universe. Um, that one is called Moon's Ostrich, mm-hmm. and that one just became un- available on Comicsology um, a couple of weeks ago. And I'm really excited about that because I've always wanted to produce more kids-friendly or um, all-ages material. So I think that would be a really great instalment in uh, you know producing that kind of work. Um in addition to that, I've also just re-released my uh literary fiction uh series called Curse of the Griffin. The first book in that series is Daniel's Pride. And uh that's available on Amazon. And uh so yeah, I'm just putting out a lot of material right now. I, I think I've kind of come up come to the uh sort of realization that it's great to have one centerpiece project, you know, one thing that um you know, fortunately has done uh, uh, pretty well. People have really embraced what I'm doing with normal man and mm-hmm. seem to be really enjoying it. But at the same time, to be able to just continue to push myself to uh, produce more material and to push the brand for comics to become something that uh, a brand that focuses on select stories, but produces a wide range of material for different audiences. And so I, I think at, at this point, we've been publishing for about three years and, uh, you know, we've got a, a, A lot of material uh, under our belt at this point, and uh, we're looking to expand next year, actually. So next year, you're going to be seeing possibly um, two to three more titles come out of Forward Comics. um, That really begins to build, you know, a really great catalog.
0: That's good. That's good. It's always good to uh, have a diverse catalog in regards to um, projects, because not everyone, of course,
1: is not going to like the same things. and Different demographics.
0: So. exactly
1: and i mean I, and i'm really I'm really glad to see that so many different kinds of folks have been into nowhere man, but yeah it's you know there's no there's no one size fits all so um and I think also it's, a, it's just a great challenge as a writer and as a uh comic producer to be able to um get into the different uh different spaces and see you know how I can sort of bring my interpretation of um you know a story that would be in that particular space.
0: So, are there any uh, aside from the things that you're doing within your own company, your own catalog? Are there anyone else's uh, books that you're actually reading currently, or anything like that?
1: Well, you know, there's always great material um, happening out there, particularly within the indie market space. Mm -hmm. That you know, you know, I wish more people knew about. You know, because more, Uh, I think more people are focused on DC and Marvel and.
0: That And they don't really see that there's a whole lot of different companies that come out with books on a regular basis.
1: That's very true. You know, and, uh, you know, there was actually a great quote not too long ago by uh, David Walker, who is currently writing for DC. Actually, he's working Mm -hmm. on Cyborg, and I highly recommend that. Um, You know, he basically says for those who say that they're not into comics and don't read comics at all, you know, because, you know, there's just too much superhero stuff. That's almost like saying you don't like food because you don't like hot dogs, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I think yeah. that was a great analogy because, again, there's just so much uh, diverse material out there that, you know, just because you don't like superheroes doesn't mean that there there aren't comics out there that you would love. So a few of the things that I really like in the in the space right now is uh, Magnetic Press. You know, they're putting out a great uh, list of um New projects that you know are not your sort of typical uh, things that you would expect to see with uh, within uh, comics. they have uh, this one book that I really like it's called "Love the Tiger," I believe it's called um, where it's basically a wordless comic for I think it's like a, it's like a huge book too, and it basically follows the journey of this uh, t- tiger through 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 a jungle uh, space, and the art is beautiful. So I'd highly recommend that. And basically anything you see from Mobius, you know, I would highly recommend, you know, because there's a great blend of, uh, you know, uh, foreign scapes and, uh, you know, Mm sci-fi and fantasy that you would see in his work. And, you know, if you like any of that kind of material, you know, you'd love the work that comes out of uh, that he that he's produced. So what would what? just like some advice you would
0: give to someone who's aspiring to be a writer or even an illustrator.
1: Yeah. As far as the the technique and craft goes of being a good writer and a, and a good uh, illustrator, you know, there's tons of uh, great material out there. Um, So, you know, any, any moderate effort at searching for things that will help you with your technique, you know, you'll find no shortage of that. Um, So uh, beyond that, I'd say, um, my personal way to sort of pay it forward is to think about where it is you want to go in your career, you know, uh, you know as a writer and as an illustrator. Um, the more clear you are in terms of your vision, the easier it will be to um, get there in a way that's, um, you know, very strategic, I would say, for lack of a better word. Um, so you know, if you're looking to work somewhere full time with a or not not full time is not necessarily the right word, you know, work for like an industry, you know, leader like uh, mm. you know, Marvel or D C or one of the, the top combo companies. You know, there's sort of like a, a, a certain approach that's um that's more helpful to go with that route. Or if you're looking to work more independently, you know, I think there's a route that works better. Uh, If you're heading that direction, that being said, I think at the end of the day, the core of it is you you have to sort of be uh, dedicated to, to the pursuit, you know, Um, you have to, you have to make time um, to, to, to write, you have to make time to illustrate. So you've got to really unplug from sort of the daily distractions that will take away time from, from pursuing that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So if, if you're a writer, write, write. You know, yeah. sounds simple. It sounds uh, cliche, but it's the God honest truth. Yeah, You've got to put the time in. And if you're not putting the time in, nothing else matters, you know, whether there be challenges, whether it's tough or, or all this other stuff. Um, if you're not putting the time in, then all all the other background issues or challenges, you know, uh, worrying about those things is all for naught. Because I think at the end of the day, you've got to have something to show. Um, so, so I'll say be, be very decisive about where you want to go in your career. That's the first thing. The second thing would be, um, you know, that practice of just putting in the time to produce the work. The third thing is just finish, you know, uh, a lot of folks that I've met that want to go on this career, they, they, you know, they've planned about what they want to do. They're very passionate about it. Um, and they're even working on something. They're getting that practice in, but they don't finish. So the, the third key point I would say is just, um, yeah, you know, you may have a big saga in mind, but maybe cut out a portion of it and do like a a short story so that you can actually finish. And um, I think at the end of the day, whether it is, and especially if you're heading for, um, you know, working with a a, a larger publishing company, Mm -hmm. they want to see that you can start a project and finish it. So at the end of the day, you've got to have a finished product. Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, In regards to that, um, would you find that it's easier as like a starting artist to possibly like you said you earlier that you uh, started with a, a Web soccer as opposed to going straight into print itself?
1: You, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it, it, it depends upon your story. You know, I think one of the things I've found logistically is that, um, you know, if you're doing like a like a short story, or if you're doing like a maybe a comic strip. You know, mm-hmm. like Calvin and Hobbes, or you know something in that format. You know, um, doing a web comic is great; it's a very natural fit mm-hmm. um, for doing something like that because you can probably get shorter stories done. You know, have a bit of a buffer and even crank out material in a short period of time to keep the comic going. Because you know, if you do gain an audience in that web comic space, the most important thing is consistency, right? So you've got to be posting, like you know. At least once a week, if not twice or three times a week. Yes. So that's something to think about if you decide to go into that um, that arena. Um, but I've seen long form comics do really well in that space too. Um, so I would say, you know, if you're thinking about uh, going into that arena, think about your story. See if it's a good fit for that space. You know, people like things are more lighthearted and funny. You know, just kind of like a, a quick, you know, oh, I love that. You know, keep you know, keep going with your day. Yeah. Um, so it could, it could work for you or, or not depending upon your story and also depending upon your audience too. You know, um, an online space is a great place to tap into people that have very specific interests, you know. And so one of the things that I learned recently is this, this new movie coming out uh, starring Matt Damon called The Martian. is actually based on a, um, a self-published book by this guy who's putting out chapters online. And the, the main attractor there was that it, it's very technically or scientifically accurate. So like he would do his, you know, he'd really do his research and his homework to make sure that everything was really um, plausible and believable and, and, and based on sound science. And that, for him, attracted a, a really dedicated, avid fan base you know, who were really into that. Yeah. And so if your comic is able to tap into a very particular interest group, I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, that's really the way to go. Yeah. That's really, that's really the way to survive online. You know, but I think, you know, there are certain projects that do well just going straight to print and getting it physically into the hands of your readers. So, you know, if you're, your target market is typically those that go to conventions or, you know, you know they, if they see it in hand and they are able to look at it and try it out, then they might like it. Um, that might be the way to go, too. So I think uh, doing a webcomic was a good start for Nowhere Man. But, you um, um, I think where it really start to uh, just really take off was when I started to do printed books. And I could actually put it to the, head of the readers at the shows um, so, because then they could sort of see the work, they could see it in color, and, uh, you know, real, realized how much work ha- had gone into the series. And so they, they, you know, they began to really pick up on it.
0: I think it's a lot easier for, um, as a consumer, to have a book in your hand as opposed Absolutely. to going online. Because not everyone is tech savvy to even find where sure. they're supposed to be. Whereas if you're right
1: in front of me with your book, that's yeah. the battle right there. Exactly. And, you know, you'll find that a lot of people that start up online, it's a way to sort of just to kind of get get it get it going yeah and where they really start to um make a little bit of money on the project you know kind of really get that exposure is what start to do you know a, a physical product so you know if you're if you're thinking about an idea but you're not really sure where to go with it um then you may just want to sort of just try it out online as an sort of an experimental you know kind of just, just test the market um but then with an eye to going to a physical product fairly soon
0: Oh, you mentioned uh, shows, like you're supposed to be at the, uh, there's a a con going on in Brooklyn?
1: Um, That's right. This is more of like a a, a book fair type Mm -hmm. of uh, scenario, but comics do really well there. So I know a lot of folks that are actually producing comics that will be at the Brooklyn Book Festival this weekend. Um, It will be on Sunday. Um, And... um, you know, actually have a, like a little in, like a little uh, niche group at the book fair that, you know, that uh, say, you know, here are, are all the uh, people that are producing comics and that has to be a really good draw. So um, so I think it would be a good space to, to, you know, to reintroduce Norman. I did a show maybe two years ago um, with great feedback, great responses, great interviews there. So I'm looking forward to coming back two years later and say, here's all this new material mm-hmm. um, in the series and, uh, you know, hopefully um, it will be a good response. Yes.
0: And like I said before, earlier in the uh, interview, that we ran into each other. Uh, it's funny because we first ran into each other maybe 2013 at New York Comic Con. And yeah. then I ran into again at uh, Newark First Annual uh That's Comic-Con. right. That's right. So since it was the first their first Comic-Con, how would you feel in regards to the vibe and everything that you saw when you were there?
1: You know, honestly, I wasn't sure what to expect, you know, because uh, trekking all the way out from Brooklyn, you know, it's not mm-hmm. too far. But it's, it's far enough where you're really hoping for, um, you know, a really great show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I typically, as a discipline, don't do a show the first year. Uh, because, you know, there's lots of logistical stuff that uh, tends to be uh, problematic. Yes. Um, um, that being said, I mean, the turnout was fantastic. I mean, it was incredible. I had no idea that you could get that kind of a turnout on a first year of the show. Yeah. I ended up doing the show because, it, you know, it was just really uh, great pricing. <laughs> you know, yeah. it wasn't too far away. So I decided, you know, yeah, sure. I, you know, I didn't have anything previously booked, so I figured I'd try out And I'm glad I did because the turnout was was really great you know but like any first year show there are a few things logistically that uh could use some work and hopefully they figure that out next year and in the years to come um uh, because the audience is there they're mm-hmm. enthusiastic and they were you know really into it and you know one of the things you want to see at a show is not just you know uh, great energy but you also want to see um people buying stuff yeah and and um and so people were, you know people were definitely you know really into the material that was there and you know they were buying so you know, I was really excited about that.
0: Yeah. So you're going to be at, obviously, the book fair in uh, Brooklyn, but you're also going to be in New York Comic Con this year, correct?
1: That's right. Yeah, I'll be um, at uh, New York Comic Con uh, booth 345. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it because uh, last year was great. I mean, the turnout was, I mean just off the charts, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, from a statistical standpoint, I, I think it outperformed as far as sheer attendance, it outperformed, uh, San Diego uh, last year. So I think this year, uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, they'll be able to build on that momentum yeah. and that it'll be, you know, even even better turnout. And, uh, you know, um, uh, this year I'll have a lot more material. I'll have print copies of, um, uh, all six books in the Nora man series. In addition to that, I will also have print copies of Moon's Ostrich, of uh, uh, Freeing Violet, you know, and also I'll also have some copies of uh, Daniel's Pride, my uh, my my literary fiction book, um, will be available as well. So I'll have a lot of material there, and it'll be a really exciting year because we actually got a chance to, you know, Forward Comics has gotten a lot of recognition this year mm-hmm. for the things that we're working on. And um this year I actually got invited to sit down with uh Comixology. You know, I've been on, on, on their distribution network for, for a little while now and and uh they recently gave me a couple of uh a recognition, you know, in terms of things that uh they want to use to promote um, you know, folks that are coming through um their platform to distribute their work. And uh one of those was uh the Indie All Stars. You know, I was really excited about getting named to that list uh with them and so they've invited me to sit down with them for a couple of hours at uh uh, at new york comic con at their table so i'll be i'll be um, splitting my time between uh the ford comics booth and also with uh to you know to you know just show appreciation for what they've done for me in terms of helping me to reach a bigger audience um so it'll be a really exciting year there's a lot of stuff going on this year
0: Okay. Uh, in regards to you being with Com- Comicology and a couple of other things you're doing in New York Comic Con, what days specifically will you actually be there?
1: Yeah. So I'll be there all four days. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, Forward Comics will have that booth, uh, 345. And uh, I love that number because it's yeah. so easy Um so So yeah, that booth will be there all four days. And I'll be there most of the time at the show. I'll be at that booth, except for maybe, you know, maybe one or two hours um, on, on Saturday and possibly on uh, Friday, you know, to be sitting with uh, Comixology. Um, but, uh, but I'll be at the show all four days. And so I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing how that turns out.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's pretty much all I have. Um, thanks for your time. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I hope to see you. I'm probably, I'm going to be at New York Comic Con, but I'm probably just going right. to be there for Thursday because there's other things. Sure. That but uh, I look forward to being in mm-hmm. booth three, four, five. So that's right. Yeah. You have a wonderful day. Thanks a lot for the uh, interview.
1: Yeah, Thank no you. problem. Thanks so much. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Talk soon.
0: So that was Jerome Warford from Nowhere Man uh, from Ford Comics. I really enjoyed the interview. Uh, Like I said, I've met him multiple times throughout the uh, years that we've been doing this podcast. It was good to finally have an interview done with him outside of the con scene. So thanks for listening to this episode of uh, Otaku American. You have a wonderful day. As always, you can see us on uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, and some of your other more popular uh, podcast providers. Uh, like we say, for Otaku, by otaku. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Bye.